You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Delta Green, but listen, just because I open these as the quote-unquote host of the show, I want to know what Joe wants to talk about in this intro. (laughs) Joe, what's on your mind as we go into the 10th episode of this shit show? (laughs) You don't want to know what's on my mind, man. Tell me. (laughs) Every single thing that's on my mind is a spoiler. There's nothing I could talk about. Uh, It's just, there's... There's so much going on. There's a lot of pressure here to, uh, and I've said this a million times, but to like try to understand the ripple effects that every action of five PCs has uh, across a very crowded area of the northeast of the country. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> It's kind of hard to keep uh, all those balls in the air. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to... to Think about where where we are at you know at this point in the story. What you guys are going to do? I really don't know. I don't know what to expect. And I I guess what I want to know, and I and I have my suspicions, but I just want to confirm a few things that would make me feel better because I feel kind of nervous right now. You're uh, always nervous. I know, and this it, is, this there's reasons. But again, if I speak about it, there'll be spoilers as to why. Uh, are you guys? having fun with this uh scenario yeah yes were you concerned yeah i started to get concerned i started to get in my own head a little bit and i was like i wonder if uh they're just not that into the the scenario because uh there's a lot of you know uh, I don't know. If it feels a little bit scattered, and I don't want you to feel too scattered, like I'm like I'm throwing too much at you. I want you to kind of be focused on you know what you want to do. It's just it's complicated. There's a lot that you could put your attentions to, and uh, I think it was two episodes ago. I wanted to kind of get into the head of a few of you guys to see where you know you were focusing and what your priorities were, and I just want you to remember those uh, and do your best to you know, keep those priorities in mind because the decisions all basically are awful decision A or awful decision B. And the only thing that's going to make the difference is your individual priorities. I'm cracking up. If there's a decision that can end with Cumstone dying, I think that might be a useful metric (laughs) by which we can measure what scenario might be a less bad option. Cumstone dying would be the worst thing to happen to this network. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just cracking up at like Joe thinking back on the episodes and like listening back. And he's like, all right, like Cumstone is in its speedo and they go to DQ. And do they not like the adventure? Like, why are they doing? (laughs) Are you reading the boards, Joe? Do you just want, would you rather just do uh, Monty Python routines? Do you want to just write sketches? Like, because we could do that. <laughs> I am having a blast. Don't yeah, lie. I'm sure you are. A blast. Yeah, I think we're all having fun. Please speak up if you're not having fun. But don't listen to these dummies on the boards. You know what? They, what is that thing they always say? Don't take criticism from people you would never take advice from. 
Don't read these people. Just, that, oh. this, this is the best thing we've ever done. The thing to keep in mind, though, Troy, is that these are like case files. So there could be an adventure one day set in the 90s, set in the 80s. Comestone dying here doesn't mean the end of Comestone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. And like, let it and be I clear, think, if sorry. and when Comestone dies, the next character that I bring in will have the same way of playing this game. <laughs> he may not be a, an ex-military, but I'm going to play the game exactly the same way. Just a, just a PTSD accountant. <laughs> a forensic accountant from the FBI. Forensic accountant with a dark past. So really what you're saying is the only viable solution is to just sour Troy on this game. You'll have to kill me. <laughs> to literally kill me. Kill my hopes. I think that there's, but I mean, uh, I think that we can meet in the middle. I think that there's somewhere in the middle where, well, we kill Cumstone, and that'll make Matthew happy. And then I think that there's a chance that uh, in doing uh, a circa 1970s adventure and 80s scenario in Delta Green with a younger Roger Cumstone, I think everybody will take it a little easier because you know it's going to end at some point. So there's a certain positive to him being alive because you're like, well, I know he dies, which is just so great. But I'll, so I'll watch him now. If you've learned anything from androids and aliens, be careful what you wish for. You get rid of Cumstone, you may not want to see what comes next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I.e. Howie and Steve. <laughs> I hear you. I just, I'm always worried about that for all of you guys. Uh, you know, the decisions go a certain way. People will die. And you know that, uh, you yeah. know, I'm not, it's nothing uh, too surprising. I don't want to be too precious with anybody, uh, but it's just the reality of the game. It's an intense game. Yeah. If this comes down to a major fight at the end, I don't know if all the scenarios end in sort of like a, a major fight against some supernatural force or some, uh, human, but like there, there's going to be a body count. There's just no way. Mm. There's not mm-hmm. going to be a body count. Yeah, I was working on this the other day, and and I was sort of playing out a bunch of scenarios, and and I was thinking that you know while there's a there's a chance that nobody can die, um, I think it's more likely that somebody dies, <laughs> you know, and and not just you guys, it's other people as well. So you're trying to figure out, you know, there have already been three people that have died uh you know how or where could there be more i mean that's why we play that's why we play to find out is it one of you guys is it somebody else uh it's it's deadly but i can tell you uh for anybody that's interested in the wide scope of the game that that is not how all the scenarios end all scenarios do not lead to uh a horribly deadly combat with something supernatural um that's it's not a formula some of them just don't have that uh, they're very different um and i don't want to say too much because there's some of them that i'm interested in running that have sort of a different totally different feel than this and that's what i love about it that each one can feel so completely different um but yeah let's let's get into it because uh, there's a lot i want to cover and i don't want to distract too much from uh, from where you are now and what's going on now. Uh, in the in the interest of a of a brief recap, uh, you guys were uh, you. Roger was contacted by somebody from a former operation that seemed to imply that Roger should not have been on this mission. That uh, as far as the program is concerned, he is not a he was 
sent off to retire, essentially. Someone called him back and was not authorized to do so. Roger doesn't know who to believe or who to trust now and explains this to the team. And nobody seemingly on your team has come to a consensus about who they trust. Perhaps the consensus is we can't trust anybody. If that is the consensus, then decisions have to be made about how you act going forward if you trust no one. Um in either case, uh, you have a possible meeting with this woman uh, and her team uh, a little later this evening. Right now, you are investigating a, uh, a green box, which is uh, a, a drop, basically a dead drop uh, of sorts uh, that Carson gave you, which is he doesn't know. He says, I don't know what's in it, but go to these GPS coordinates on it is a, a code to a combination lock. And it was in a salvage yard, an auto salvage yard, uh, to which Caesar sing, uh, uh, by himself hopped the fence, snuck through this really large auto salvage all the way to the back and found a 1991 Winnebago uh, that was modified, doors welded shut, the cab door with a brand new, beautiful lock on it, uh, and a uh, strong combination lock that Caesar was able to open. And get into that's where we left off just outside of the salvage yard is the rest of the team presumably in their car now with about 50 meters behind them a tail that you guys got out and talked to two CDC agents uh, everybody exchanges a couple tough guy words back and forth nothing really moves in any particular direction and everybody just kind of agrees it's a I guess it's kind of a stalemate you guys go back to your car they get back in their car, and now they're just sitting behind you, headlights on, Caesar's alone in this lot. And as far as you know, the tail doesn't know what is going on with Caesar or what you guys are doing there. So let's pick up right there with Caesar stepping in to the Winnebago. The first thing that you sense, Caesar, as you step in is an odd feeling to the air. It is lit inside. There are lights inside, uh, and you are able to see around the place, and it looks like a mishmash of a bunch of crap. There's just stuff everywhere, all inside, and the place has been pretty heavily modified. Um, you see, uh, I'm sorry, I should say you feel, the first thing you feel is a, a certain sterility to the air. Uh, almost like uh, like as if an ionizer has been running inside the Winnebago. Uh, it feels a little unnatural, uh, but you, you don't see any signs of a, a device like that or anything. Uh, and inside, where you would normally have like benches, chairs, a, a table, that kind of thing, it's all been gutted. And so it's pretty open and just filled with stuff. Uh, in the rear, you see a folded out camp bed and a large red and white cooler. Uh, where you assume there was once a kitchenette in this thing, uh, there is a little folded-out picnic table and a folding chair with a laptop on it, a late-model, old-school-looking laptop. And then next to that uh, is another relatively old-school-looking printer, uh, though it does look like it's a laser printer, not like, you know, 1980s printer, uh, but just it looks a little chunky uh, and a little old. Um, you see, uh, a few 
shoe boxes sitting around that seem to be stuffed with things. You see papers, you see, uh, there's just all kinds of stuff. Uh, and you're kind of like taking this all in, in one glance. Uh, tell me what you're interested in doing. Caesar still has his, uh, six hour P three sixty five micro compact pistol pointed out and he's robotically sweeping it over the room not with the fluidity that like a trained agent would just like someone who took a weekend class to learn how to use a pistol and he <laughs> I kind picture of him doing a lot of paintball maybe yeah maybe <laughs> maybe he and his friends get wasted after wrecking <laughs> the paintball fields on a saturday um but he kind of steps in one foot at a time hesitantly and the thing that pops out to him most is the uh, 80s kind of looking printer, maybe not dot matrix, but close to it in the late model laptop. Um, so he's going to do a quick scope around for any hostels. Yeah, you don't uh, see any hostels. There's nobody in here. You get the sense you're in there completely alone. But you also get the sense that like someone has slept here not that long ago. Uh, you can just see just looking at the laptop it's it's open and it's like it's on it's on yeah mm. okay he'll approach that console and uh, read what's on the screen okay uh you come around the corner and now that you're a little bit closer you see that you're looking it says compact uh, on the side of the laptop and uh, you can see it's uh, as you get closer to the printer it's not 1980 so I said it's not like that old okay. it's it's newer but it's still probably 15 years old uh, and it looks like a laser photo printer um, and then uh, this laptop is an old school compact R3000 you would sort of probably recognize it because of your experience in this in this realm uh, and go ahead what's your intelligence uh, that is low. Low, low, low. It's an eight. Uh, your intelligence is an eight? The score <laughs> is an eight. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Is that possible? That's not yeah. possible, Grant. <laughs> it's totally possible. <laughs> Isn't the minimum oh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, the total I'm score sorry. is a 40. I'm sorry. You're, 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 times five. I yeah. apologize. Your intelligence oh. times five. It's a 40. A 40. Got it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Great. Um, so you come around and look uh, look at this, and you see it's on just like a basic home screen. Mm-hmm. Because it's next to a printer, uh, he's going to look into the system tray, assuming it's running some form of Windows, and look at the print queue slash history to mm-hmm. see what's been printed. You look through, and it's been wiped. wiped. There's no print history. Oh, man. Okay. He's too dumb to know what to do next. <laughs> he's, he's, he's smart enough to know that he relies on more so talent. Start smashing it with his fist. <laughs> <laughs> he's smart really enough not. to know that he should rely on younger, more talented coders, uh, which he does at his day job at Haunter. And so he's going to pull out his cell phone and call it Magdalena. Mm. Going to like uh, swipe. I'm sure we already shared it, but just in case we didn't, he's going to swipe the GPS coordinates to her through an iMessage. And uh, tell her in the, the text that the door is open. I found the drop, but be careful. There's a dog guarding the way there. Um, and in the time that uh, it takes for Magdalena to get that message and maybe come over, he's going to do a search. I mean, he'd love to do like a bureaucracy, but that doesn't quite make sense to go through all these files. You said there are a bunch of crates and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said papers. Papers. Yeah. Yeah, business papers. So he'll do a search for anything related to um, 
South American kind of uh, information or anything like that um, related okay. to our current. A 17 under 26. Whoa. All right. So while you're waiting for Magdalena, uh, you start rooting through uh, these boxes. There's all kinds of little boxes. There's like uh, like storage, yeah, paper, um, uh, like boxes that files would be in, but there's not files in there. You open them up, and there's just all kinds of random stuff. There's like uh, there's a, a stack. One of them is just filled with Wendy's flyers flyers for the the restaurant for wendy's and they are super old and crusty and they're dated october 1983 what the fuck is this uh you see another box is just filled with like you would guess 30 plus cassette tapes they're all just like randomly thrown in there and they have all kinds of random shit written on them um you uh open one shoe box and you you immediately are like whoa because you see money Lots of cash, and it's just wrapped uh, in like these um, rubber bands, basically wrapping chunks of cash, and they're in all different currencies. There's there's some uh, U.S. cash, but there's like currencies from all over the world. Um, You see uh, a box on on the table behind the computer that is filled with uh, hard blank plastic cards. And you security cards. Uh, well, you look at them and, and looking at the computer and the print, the photo printer, you get the sense that these could be used to print like identifications. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kick over one box uh, or you're, you're, you're looking at the cards and your elbow accidentally knocks uh, a shoe box off of the edge of a thing. And you just hear a loud dunk. And as you turn and look, you see two, pistols come falling out of the box <laughs> to oh, Beretta M9s. Just tell looking at them. Wow. Uh, and it's time with to that, go Kimbo like in Goldeneye. Perfect. Exactly. Dual wielding. Uh, uh, and with that, we will cut to Magdalena. Are you going to try to come into this place? Uh, Magdalena gets that text. She's in the car, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. And she's like, shit. I gotta go in. I don't think he's gonna be able to crack that computer without me. Okay. Um, okay. And she, like, grabs her uh, smaller laptop and tucks it into one of her pockets of her leather jacket and does the same thing. Kind of tries to stick to the darkness so the tail doesn't see her. I'll do a stealth roll. But uh, trying to get in the same way uh, Caesar did. Okay. 18 under 40. Oh, nice. You slip out of the side of the car door and work your way toward the front of your car because they're behind you with the headlights on. So you're going to try to cross in front of your car where they can't see you. As you get down in front of the car, you see the headlights, which are sort of glancing over the sides of this chain link fence, this high chain link fence with barbed wire at the top. You see the lights suddenly move and they wash off and away from the chain link fence. And for a moment, you just stop, and you have this 
this really good stealth roll, you're like hunkered down really low and you're really close to the front of the car and you're like, what's going on? And you just hear the engine revving and the lights switch from your from where you're facing to the chain link fence to wash over the car and you're ducked low enough so it goes over your head to then behind you into the road where you had pulled over and then the lights get closer and closer as you can hear the car is coming and driving right up to the side of you and it just accelerates and accelerates and then just goes right past you and keeps going and going and going and then you just see red taillights starting to disappear into the distance. And then it turns. And now you're in the complete darkness and alone right next to this fence. All right, I'm going in. All right, you athleticsing? Is that what it was? Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, to climb over with the barbed wire and everything. <laughs> Wait, no, hold on. I can't do that. How did Caesar do that? You have good athletics. He's athletic. Um, he's dumb, but he, he does CrossFit every morning. I cannot <laughs> do that. After his acai um, bowl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Magdalena like, kind of looks uh, at me. just tell you, one, one solution could be to just, one, you know, Caesar's in there. One solution would be, you know, can you just come and open the gate? Yeah, yeah. She's gonna look down you know at her I mean? extremely like that's an option if you look up and you're like, I shoes. can't do this. I don't know what your athletics is. Yeah. All right. Caesar um, will come out uh, and keep an eye on the dog. And do you message him? Sorry, I didn't mean to go over that part. Yeah, I call him. Okay. All right, I'll be right there. Should I leave the phone on as I'm walking to you? Or do- okay, I'll hang up. No. Bye. Yeah. And he gets the there. <laughs> You start, you start walking all the way back and you see no signs of the guard dog. Wow. That is not good. I'd like to know at least where the threat is. Uh, so he gets there, looks for a lock or anything. Um, is it easy to unlatch on this side or is there something he has to undo? He can fire a pistol round out if there's no car there anymore. Yeah, there's there's a uh, a lock on the gate, but you see that it is, uh, it's not like a... Uh, a regular old padlock. Um, actually, I'm sorry. Yes, it is. It's like a heavy padlock with uh, uh, another combination on it. Uh, he'll try the combination he just used, assuming it doesn't work and unrelated to yeah, that. Yeah, it doesn't work. Um, he doesn't have any skill related to, uh, you know, picking these locks. So, um, Magdalene, is the, are the agents still out there? Uh, no, they're gone. Pulls out his gun. Pow! fires at the back. Whoa. Oh, Jesus. Whoa. <laughs> what the fuck? You didn't even warn me. What? Why would you I'm shoot your I'm sorry. I just <laughs> learned how to fire. <laughs> Caesar. Caesar the dog. Caesar. Yeah. Caesar, climb the fence. Shoot the dog. <laughs> Are you going to uh, shoot? A Rottweiler comes around the corner oh. and starts charging oh, out God at you. Damn it. Oh, no. You're going to have to the last of us, this poor dog. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> Roger backflips over the fence and cracks the dog's <laughs> neck <laughs> in one move. <laughs> oh. Next time, be more careful. <laughs> you add that to your kill count, Roger, or is that separate for the human kill count? Yeah, all he says is 344. <laughs> <laughs> all dogs go to heaven, except for this one. Uh, what I didn't tell you is 200 of those kills were animals. I used to work at a kill shelter, and I counted everyone. Oh, I killed oh, them all by hand. I killed them all by hand. Oh, my God. 
45 of those were zoo animals. <laughs> it all balances out. No, this dog. Neighbors' pets that looked at me the wrong way. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Just killing neighbors' pets. Uh, you have alerted this dog with your gunshot. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's charging at you and will go into initiative. So uh, go ahead and give me your dexterity. A dex roll? No. Here we go. Your dexterity. My dexterity is flat 13. Flat 13. Uh, okay. Where's everybody else on that? 14. 14, Magdalena. Okay. And Roger? 10. 10. Uh, and Jordy? Oh, uh, I 10 also. Okay. And then Gavin. 11. But I'm still in the car, right? Yes. Yeah, you guys are still in the car. I'm just, if you want to act, I'm going to give you that uh, oh, that opportunity. Got it. Uh, okay, so the dog is uh, of a higher initiative uh, or dexterity uh, than everybody. And uh, I'm just going to say uh, that it is using its action to uh, move, you know, a good 10 meters toward you. So it's covering a lot of ground whoa, 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 uh, running at you because uh, you can see it in the distance. So I'm not going to have it jump on you while you just stand there. Um, but it is Mag's turn. I don't know if you want to if there's anything in particular you want to do. Yeah, I think Magdalena is going to uh, take out her spiked stun gun and stick her hand through one of the holes in the chain link fence uh, and just tell Caesar, move out of the way, and I'm going to try to shoot and stun the dog. Okay, so what does that look like? What is the, uh, is it have a it's, range to it, or is it just like a melee stun gun? Is it a, No, it's like not a, a melee. It's got the projectile um, little spikes that go into you on those coils, on those cables. Uh, um, okay, well, the dog's a little far away for that then, so that, that wouldn't yeah. actually work. Uh, so maybe I just I gotcha. shoot it and it hits the ground and I'm like ah oh, fuck flashing <laughs> <laughs> next to Caesar's feet uh, Caesar uh, it's your turn the stun gun range is one meter uh, I think I have a light pistol which is ten meters is that within the base range of mm-hmm. my gun the dog alright so sadly he likes dogs but he's so befuddled and stupid and should have looked for a crowbar or something but he's close to the edge of his sanity and just making kind of knee jerk decisions so here comes a shot at the dark, literally. Literally, <laughs> this quite literally. Uh, that is a thirty-six over twenty-nine. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Misses. Uh, bullet fly. It just hits the dirt uh, and springs up next to the dog as it's running at you, uh, Gavin. Um, you hear a gunshot, <laughs> then the dog barking, then a second gunshot. <laughs> Do I have any kind of weapon? I don't. I don't. Unless we have some in the car, I don't have anything. Uh, and Gavin is still really fucked up from knowing, from hearing Cumstone say that these these CDC agents know who is happened to his mother. Yeah. Um, I think he just uh, he starts fumbling around the car for something to use as a weapon. So okay. could I just, like roll a search, maybe. Uh, <laughs> The cigarette uh, lighter. Yeah, yeah, get it real hot. <laughs> shove it in the dog's face. Takes three rounds for it to get warm. <laughs> come I on, said, come on! I sit there waiting. <laughs> uh, on, Gavin is, 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 is looking for a weapon. What is Jordy going to do? Jordy is going to roll down the window, reach into his jacket pocket, and pull out a lump of old deli meat turkey <laughs> and throw it in the dog's direction. 
<gasps> this is brilliant. Okay. This is so smart. Well, you got to get it over the fence. <laughs> Skid, I never understood that this turkey was you playing the long game. Chekhov's <laughs> <laughs> turkey. Chekhov's turkey. Amazing. There's your title. <laughs> uh, Roger. Uh, did the turkey seem to do anything? Uh, oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to wait to see. Can you resolve the turkey, please? Resolve <laughs> uh, well, the turkey. Yeah, Jordy, you got to toss it over a pretty high fence. So, yeah, give me a roll there. Well, I just get it. I, I figure I just have to get it close enough for the dog to be able to smell it so we can go after it, even if it's not on his side of the fence. Okay, so you just want to throw it on the other side of the fence. This kid, you do I, raise an interesting point that smells do waft through chain link yes that is true they, they can permeate a chain link fence <laughs> and fun fact dogs aren't super smart <laughs> yeah but if a dog is in the middle of attacking someone I just don't know that the lore Maybe of just a turkey smell and not something it can actually eat well we'll see we'll see okay. we'll see what the dog does dog owner uh, Joe Brian. Roger, <laughs> Ren- world renowned dog. Hey man, I spent, I paid for my rent in New York for two years taking care of a dog. All right, <laughs> well known dog owner. Girlfriend. Uh so the tail's gone as far as we know. We don't see a tail on us. They just left. They took off. Yeah, the dog scared him off. Uh, and we assume this dog belongs to the the daytime owner of this place. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. So Roger hears the two gunshots go off. Immediately, he's transported back <laughs> to Afghanistan. <laughs> Just hears <laughs> rolls over in his sleeping bag, and he's like, "Oh wait, that's not where I am." And he uh, rolls down the window. He looks out there and sees them struggling. He says, "Amateurs." And he levels his Glock and takes a shot at the dog. <laughs> Just like from the seat through from the, the fence. seat. Right. Doesn't even have to get out of the car. <laughs> Leans the uh, muzzle of the gun on the uh, the part of the window that's still up. Because I'm assuming he's in the back seat and you can't roll the windows down all the way. Leans his muzzle on the... Boom! Oof. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> going to be so loud in the car. I was just going to say, uh, one step ahead of me. You know, I just watched, I just watched that movie Snatch, which is so good. And the guy shoots the gun in the car and all the windows blast out Mm -hmm. within the car. (laughs) I'm just picturing he puts it on the glass and the glass just shatters as he fires the gun. (laughs) No, it's, it's really a great point because if you did that in real life, everyone would be deaf for like three Five minutes or more, dude. You keep, are... You're stealing my thunder. Sorry. Let's uh, w- roll the dice and tell me what happened. <laughs> well, I mean, not for nothing. Roger would know that. I don't know that, so he wouldn't do that. <laughs> so, Roger would know. Like, this is not a good idea. So, do whatever you want. Anyways, I rolled a forty-nine under sixty for five points of damage. Oh, <laughs> okay. Dang. Well, that'll do it. So. His ear splitting explosion uh, as he fires out of the. All you really need to do is stick the gun outside of the car. You know what I mean? It'll make a big difference. Uh, It'll still be very loud, uh, but inside of the car would be a lot worse. Uh, So you stick it outside the car, you take the shot, uh, and just. You hit the dog, and it just. Goes face first into the dirt. It's just like. (laughs) 
no. It's still alive, but it's just oh, crying. No. no, come on, man. Oh my god. Take care of it, Joe. <laughs> What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? <laughs> We're just trying not to die, but you you chose to torture a dog. Exactly. <laughs> just let the dog have a peaceful death, Joseph. Yeah. It's its turn. It's clawing. <laughs> trying to trying to get up. Magdalena, uh, it's your turn. Dog is oh. one day from retirement. <laughs> and the gate is open now, right? I did was I able to successfully shoot the padlock off? Yeah, the, with the all this awfulness, I'll let you shoot the pod the padlock off. Thank you. Um I think Magdalena pushes the gate open and looks at Caesar and says You should um take care of that. And then she just keeps walking past the dog. Oh, wow. Cold. What does Caesar do? Caesar swallows the biggest lump you've ever seen on someone's throat. It goes down like a, a sad cartoon. And he hears this dog kind of on his last death guess. And he thinks back to his first dog. It was given to him. It's a puppy Labradoodle. <laughs> it was a oh. gift in these very same Hamptons. At the Westcott Estate where we tried to hide the amulet itself and those halcyon days are no longer here what was the dog's name the dog's name was mon petit chouchou <laughs> that's a long <laughs> name <laughs> we called him chouchou for short chouchou okay <laughs> walks over to the dog and if it's still alive he looks away and aims the gun down at it and just shoots it once bang a fourth gunshot. You put the dog out of its misery. Roll a sanity check. Oh, oh. oh man. So I need to roll under my maximum or my current? No, under your current. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Caesar wasn't doing too well, right? Right? Oh, no. 59 over 42. Oh, no. He's going to have a break. It was going to be a zero-one, but then you decided to flavor it up with your former dog and how it made you think of the dog you own, so now it's a zero-one D4. So, oh, no. Uh, go ahead and roll one D4. How much does this uh, push Caesar? Okay. Hanging on by a thread. <laughs> 41 over 40 is his breaking point. Oh my god! So one so point left. left. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that so you can mark. Uh, not that it's going to matter at this point, but yeah, mark violence as taking sanity damage, but not uh, breaking. Oh my god! We don't know what happens with a break yet, right? I mean, we've read it in the book and stuff, but it like hasn't happened. No, it did happen. It happened. Yeah, no, to it happens. Lyra. It does. Yeah, it it doesn't really uh, have a, a major impact right now. Uh, it, it, you're going to get a disorder is essentially what happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but in the moment, you usually are able to push through for a little bit, unless you <sighs> take a lot of sanity damage, which can trigger temporary insanity, which is where you lose. That's what happened to Dr. Westover. It's like you lose control yeah. of your character, essentially. Yeah. Uh, just crossing uh, that threshold doesn't lose you control of your character, but it could re result in um, getting a, a disorder. Uh, all right, so... 
you know, Caesar takes out this dog and now the gate is open. You guys are, are sitting outside and you get the sense that, you know, four gunshots went off. You don't really know what that means in terms of the authorities responding to it. Uh, it feels pretty remote where you are. It's very dark and this lot is really large, but you're not, you're not sure. I'm, uh, I think Magdalena says this to the group if we all walk in. Um, if I can't crack this computer quickly, we should just take it with us. I'm worried that those guys who claim to be the CDC are going to call someone in on us and say we were breaking in here or get the local feds on our ass. They're just trying to to mess up our plan. So I don't know. What do you think? Sorry, you're just kind of jumping to the assumption that all five of you are in the Winnebago. Is that is that what oh, you no, guys wanted wa- to do? I said Did walking you- to it. But are, if are you guys all us, walking to the Winnebago, or are people staying in the car? I'm in the car. Staying. Jordy? Uh, Jordy's going to get out, and he's going to walk over, pick up his turkey, <laughs> and walk in through the gate and kneel down next to the dog and, and lay the turkey next to its face. It's kind of petted a little bit, and then get up and... Going to the going to the Winnebago. <laughs> Gavin, uh, Gavin was like digging around. He is he was like looking around down, and then when Gumstone fired off the gun, he jumped and banged his head up against against the uh, against the dashboard. <laughs> uh, and so he just like stumbles out of the car, and he like for lack of a better thing, he just follows Jordy to kind of stay away from Gumstone. <laughs> okay, so now you've left Gumstone alone, armed. And with your car. (laughs) (laughs) And the four remaining walk through this yard uh, to get back. Let's go back to the Winnebago. Uh, You get into the uh, Winnebago. You see now that there are a couple pistols in there uh, and ammunition. Um, Magdalena, you get one look at this computer and uh, you start playing around with it. And you see there's nothing really to hack here. It is... uh, it is an operating laptop. It's completely unlocked. Uh, and it... Uh, what is your intelligence? My intelligence is 16. Nice. 16, 80. okay. Times five. So um, you you get in there and start looking it over and you're, you're like trying to like, how am I going to hack into this? And you're like, Oh, I don't even need to. It's, it's up and running. You have seemingly access to all the programs it has and everything. And as you're looking through, you realize that it doesn't have any, uh, wires plugged into it. And in the lower right corner, you see that it says it's charging. Like it has the, a symbol that says it's plugged in and you, you don't see any plugs. You look at the printer, you see no wires and no plugs and it has an, like a, a display that's on. Whoa. So but as you start, old- as you, you notice that's a little odd. Uh, and, uh, if you go ahead and dig into the computer a little bit, you see, uh, that the, most commonly used programs on it are uh, some pretty advanced photo printing uh, software um, that uh, has housed within it a bunch of templates for uh, driver's licenses and citizen cards, uh, and there's templates for all different countries. Wow. Huh. 
So it's an older computer and an older printer, but somehow they're Bluetooth charging. They're wirelessly charging. Yeah. Why don't you roll intelligence times five? Okay. We gotta figure out what kind of forgery slash vintage fast food enthusiast has been shacking up here. Weird. <laughs> so yeah, uh, while while Magdalene 20. is trying to Okay, so that's a success. Um, you realize that the eye and eye sort of feel in the air, the sterility in the air, the strange sort of smell is uh, you, you make this connection and you reach into your pocket and you pull out your phone and you see that it's charging. Hmm. And oh, weird. You're just like the whole thing. What the fuck? And you, you realize that there is something installed in here that is creating an electric field of some kind that is charging all these devices inside of it. Holy wow. shit. What color is the Winnebago? It's like a, I mean, it, it's hard to see in the dark, but it's a pale taupe. Yeah, sort like of. a lime green type of thing. Yeah. A lot of Winnebagos were like that. Um, so as I said before, you see some weapons, you see stacks of cash, you see stacks of uh, these audio cassettes. Uh, uh, <laughs> would have been uh, better if you noticed this before, uh, but it's Gavin is the one who uh, sees a Halligan tool uh, leaning up against the wall uh, in the back corner. Uh, near the Halligan tool, Gavin, you find two uh, big heavy mag lights, flashlights, and an extra mm-hmm. set of batteries. Um, there is uh, <laughs> another uh, shoebox. <laughs> that is filled with Wendy's flyers. Uh, yeah, like you said, some sort of fast food enthusiast. But, um, Jordy, as you start sifting through them, uh, you notice that there's something hard and heavy wrapped in brown paper at the bottom of this box that all these flyers are stacked on. It's a double-double. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I gingerly take it out and I sniff it first to see if it is a bacon cheeseburger. Uh, you gingerly take it out. It's, uh, you know, maybe three and a half inches by five inches, sort of. Uh, so it's pretty small, uh, wrapped package. It's hard and has a little bit of weight to it. Uh, it's brown paper and it has a piece of twine wrapped around it. And you can see that there's writing, uh, on the paper in pen, but it's it's on the other side of the paper, so like oh, wow. it's it's inside. Uh, okay. And if you unwrap it, you could probably see the writing on the inside. Okay, yeah, he unties the twine and sort of gently, uh, like like he's unwrapping a Christmas present with very fancy packaging. Sort okay, of like peels peels off the the paper. Okay, he's slowly pulling it back, and we cut over to Magdalena who uh, is looking through this computer and you see, you know, you're realizing now that this whole place is charging everything in it and that this computer is almost certainly used to to create fake identifications. Caesar points out the plastic cards to you and you uh, can see that the software in there uh, is pretty legit stuff. Uh, And you also see that there is a uh, saved uh, icon of a website. Uh, and it is a uh, a Delta uh, just browser address that's been saved as a uh, like a bookmark, but it's just uh, on the on the desktop. 
Huh. I'm going to click on that just to see what that website is. You bring up the website, and you can see that it is a it is the Delta Sky Miles like account page, and you can see that it's already logged in, and there are five hundred and eighty thousand miles on the account, and it's in a it's in the name Bennett Davies. The name says on the account. I take down all this information, just the name and like any other pertinent information from the account. But yeah, clearly, and she relays that clearly somebody is forging documents, flying around. I can't tell if this is maybe like a Delta Green agent who's doing this or why they're doing this. But this um, this is dangerous territory. Caesar, the, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Caesar. In the f- recent files of the photo editing software, can you open them? Is there anything related to the CDC in there? Yeah, I would have looked for that immediately to see if that was what was up. Are there any recent saves on the templates of stuff they made? No, there's no okay. saves. No. Everything is is wiped. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but you do see a template for the a CDC ID. Oh man. All right. Um. But you also see templates for an FBI identification, a right. CIA identification, an NSA identification, a DEA identification. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're oh. all in there. Magdalena quickly does a little cross-compare of her own forged FBI ID and the template that they use. Is it the exact same? Uh, yeah. It's pretty much the exact same. But yours is not forged. Yours is real. And so... Oh, right. I guess it's th- real. Yeah. You think it's pretty legit looking at your real one okay. and this fake one. It's pretty legit. Um, I was just going to say, Caesar, that uh, I'll have you sort of root through the cash. Uh, and one of the first things that jumps out to you is that there's multiple South American currencies uh, in there, which I would I have a feeling you would recognize. Yeah, because there's some you've been to South America before. You've traveled to Colombia. Uh, you told me this off air. So uh, but we can get into that if you want. But you recognize a few different ones. You also recognize uh I don't know how world-traveled he is. I imagine he's very well-traveled. So uh, if I could assume that, then you see that there is currency from Hong Kong. There is currency from Singapore. Uh, there is currency. There's euros. Uh, so, yeah, it's a little bit of, of everything um, in this in this mixed bag. Uh, and we'll go back to Jordy as you finish unwrapping. And uh, if everybody could please go to roll 20. Uh, I'll show you what you see after you fully unwrap uh, this thing inside of it. Oh, my God. Is wrapped in brown paper is a clay tablet. (laughs) It is a clay tablet. Whoa. That seems to have some kind of. Uh, like Mesopotamian ish, yeah, like yeah, cuneiform, cuneiform pictography, uh, pictographic sort of like writing on it in this hard clay tablet, uh, and then you see that the there's writing on the brown paper, uh, and you guys can go ahead and, and read out loud uh, if you want to pick somebody to, to read out loud what you see there. I'll read it. Uh, concentrate on this underline. Concentrates underline. Focus, triple underlined. It needs your will, yourself to work. I think that's where I went wrong. It reads the blood of you all, but mostly it needs you to work. Repeat this while you give it the blood 
of the contributors. This blood needs to come from living operators. No way around that. It needs to spill over. Something smooth? I think that's what it says. Something smooth before it falls onto the sign. Good luck. And then underneath... And this is in a different hand. Yeah, this is this three sets of handwriting on this. This is supposed to protect against something? It's too late for me. It's already here. And then there's a third block of text, and it's in some weird boogity-boo language that I am not comfortable speaking in in this spooky electric Winnebago. <laughs> Can do I recognize this? Yeah, this language with my unnatural or anything or a call. Um, you could roll unnatural. Oh, oh no! All right, I'm gonna try. Uh, nope, forty six over twenty two. Yeah, it's a very strange language to you. Mm. What about Gavin? Um, I mean, I could roll a cult. Does that help, or is that, I don't have an I don't have a natural. Yeah, you could roll a cult. I mean, doesn't everybody have unnatural? No, is it, it a zero? Down. It's zero. It is Everyone zero. Everyone has okay. a cult. I I think I might be the only one that has a natural. Gotcha. Yeah, you're right. It is zero. For some reason, I thought it started at ten or something. Uh, okay. Um. I get a cult exactly. 39 at 39. Whoa. Nice. Wow. wow. Good thing you leveled it up. Yeah. Um, I, think that's, I think that's from failing a, failing a roll at some point. All right, Gavin, you take one look at this. Uh, you don't know the language of the words, but you know the, the vibe of what you're looking at here, and it seems to be an elder sign ritual. <gasps> and... You've seen things similar to this before. Uh, you know, you you need the blood of an operator. An operator. You know, you need a living host. You know, and it's sort of like a blood sacrifice thing. And then, uh, if you uh, drip the blood on this sign, and you can even see that there's old, old dried blood like on this clay oh, tablet. Oh yeah, there is. Um, mm-hmm. You could. Uh, it it, ha- it has some sort of effect, uh, and they're different depending on which sign you have. And if you complete the ritual correctly, uh, it oftentimes takes hours to do. It's super intense. You know, this is something that like you've seen people at least trying before in these little occult ritual groups that you've gone to. You don't know um, what happens in those meetings. <laughs> Sometimes we just talk about our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to presume, uh, but you know, you know that it, uh, it always is some sort of sacrifice. You know, there's something that you have to give up in order to get the benefits of an elder sign. Uh, and in this case, it may be blood. Uh, it may there only be, be blood, but there will be, there will be. Uh, mm-hmm. and from what you see on the notes, it says this sign protects against something. It's supposed to protect against something. Uh, but there's no detail as to exactly what it does. Um, I don't, I think Gavin doesn't reveal all, how he might know this, but he like, may, he, he explains it to the others. Like he's like, I'm, I'm guessing from context clues that, is you'd have to like this is an like a ritual you would perform to gain some sort of 
protection, but probably involves sacrifice. And look, oh hey, there's blood on the on the tablet. Like, but he doesn't he doesn't get like I, I think I've read like, I think I've read something about this in my research kind of vibe. That's what he yeah. Does. That's what he does. <laughs> it also it's so weird that it has to spill over something smooth, but they can't. Whoever wrote this couldn't. Maybe there's enough information there, or they couldn't translate it specifically enough to know what that means. Yeah. So the blood has to spill over something smooth onto this piece for it to work, which is very weird. I also I have sixty in archaeology. Can I can I give a, a crack at the at the uh, translation myself? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sound like you don't want me to, but I'll try. To <laughs> I'm sorry. Is my gameplay inconveniencing you, Joe? Skid says. No, not lucky all. day, Joe. I rolled a 63 over 60. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to give that impression. Um, <laughs> I was just reading uh, my notes here. So, um, you, you hold this thing, and you could. You're pretty confident that this is that this is legit. Uh, looking at it, holding it, it seems like it's very possible that this is a very, very old clay tablet. Yeah. Uh, the kind of thing that should be in a museum. It should be in a museum. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if this um, thing is authentic, it would have to be very old. They're like, this is the first writing found on Earth. Right. Uh, so it's it's pretty, uh, pretty staggering how old it is. Uh, you also get the sense that it is relatively frail uh not that you couldn't carry it around or anything like that but you got the sense like if it dropped onto a hard hard surface it could easily crack um and so it it is brittle uh, a little bit uh around the edges so you get the sense like it's destroyable and that uh it's very very old wow are there any distinguishing features from this tablet and to the amulet? Is there anything that correlates between the two? I mean, they're they're from... Yeah, that's weird, because they're from completely different cultures. Different cultures. So, right. Skid would uh, would know that there's no... Or, I'm sorry, Jordy would know that there's no connection that you could tell from an archaeological standpoint. Skid, you should know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I jumped to saying Skid know because he did. He just said it. No, I did. <laughs> You and Joe was right. Joe knew that. Joe knows that I... Yeah. I knew he knew. You, you knew it. That is weird, though. I mean, Magdalene is agreeing with Caesar. Is someone just, like, out to find every single artifact in South America? Like, they're just different. They're so different. Um, yeah, this is not South American. Yeah, this is, this is like, Middle Eastern. This is Mesopotamian. Oh, okay. But it, I have to say... Even more so. It is weird that both this ancient Mesopotamian tablet with this elder sign ritual attached to it and this amulet from, an, you know, a pre-Incan civilization in South America both show up in the same, what, 20-mile radius yeah. on Long Island? Like, it's, uh... It's, the Occam's razor is something would suggest that something is not, not you know... Not, not everything's okay in Whoville right now. Yeah. Also, no yeah. such who, thing as a coincidence. Who owns this Winnebago? What, like, what is going on with all of these fake IDs? Why? Why so many fake IDs? For how many people? Or is it one person? And cash. 
And also, who's racking up all these frequent flyer miles? Is it Buzz Aldrin? Because you could get to the Bennett. moon and back with this number of miles. Yeah. You you would also know, uh, having been on operations before, that it isn't that unusual for uh, Delta Green agents to have these drops where, you know, th- like these safe lockers, basically, where things are saved or stored or kept out of view of the authorities or uh, sent from one person to another. You know what I mean? So that it's secret and isn't found. Whatever. Um, you, yeah, you would this know, reminds that. Me you of would know the... that generally that this is just probably you know one of these sort of exchange locations for all kinds of stuff, which is why it's... I mean, I've just given you a tip of the iceberg. There's also tons of other random shit in here. I'm just sort of trying to focus in on the stuff that would be relevant to you guys. Yeah. This is like the train car in Mission Impossible 4 mm-hmm. where they hole up with like all this stuff in it. Just mm-hmm. a little dirtier. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, t- time is of the essence, though, right? With all those yeah. gunshots fired. So the other thing of interest before we leave that I wanted to look at was you, you really clearly pointed out a cooler. I don't know if there's anything in there, but I, I, that, since that popped the eye and kind of your initial description, Caesar kind of wants to open that up before we head out. You open up the cooler and it just has some uh, like light brownish stains uh, in the bottom corner. Uh, and has a smell that comes out of it that's vaguely like mildewy. Gross. Okay. <laughs> Nothing to see there. If we uh, have time, I think it might be a good idea to just whip up a bunch of fake IDs I was for us. Say the same thing. We might need to get out of Dodge and lay low for a while. Yeah. Yep. And Magdalena, uh, think- she might. That might be that you might be able to handle that. I would think. Yeah, I think Magdalena was on the same wavelength, and uh, she's making us some, I don't know, what do we think, false licenses to fly? To Well, let me just say, it takes a long time to do each one. There's a lot of detail that goes into it, uh, and so you can you could do it, but you have a meeting here in, like... Yeah. 30 minutes that's 20 minutes away so at this point you've got 10 minutes to either get there or blow it off uh it's up to you guys well we can't blow it off and stay here because they know we're here right and also amulet what are we doing with the amulet right now it's in the dq cup in the car with cumstone fuck cumstone and (laughs) magdaleno walks let's go back back to cumstone i forgot about the raj what's he doing in the car sitting in the back seat Got a cigarette lit. He's talking to himself. If I was with my unit, tonight's meeting would be easy. Let's go in there. Take control with this group. I can't even handle the Rottweiler. We're walking in there dead. Unless we do something with that amulet. He reaches into the console, pops open the DQ cup, pulls the amulet out, and it dangles it up in the air. What to do with you? <laughs> the orange cigarette, the light from the from the yeah from the cigarette like lights up the side of the amulet. You see this face on a face of the moon. Hmm. We'll go back to everybody else. Uh, what are you guys gonna do? Raj, uh, I mean, Jordy is going, he's going to wrap up the 
little tablet again, put it in his pocket where okay. the turkey once was. <laughs> and I, he's just going to grab fistfuls of cash. Okay. Okay. I think uh, Caesar's going to pick up the two Berettas and kind of like shaking hands, raise them out and offer them up to Magdalena, Jordy, and Gavin and say, you should be armed. Uh, I'm not very good with mine. Uh, and sees who wants to take him. I think it's important to establish who's armed before we head into this next place. Um, I will... I'm going to take the uh, the Halligan tool. Mm. Okay. I'll take a I'll take a, a pistol. Um, yeah, I don't have one. My firearms isn't high, but fuck it. Yeah, Magdalena takes it, puts it in her jacket. Okay. Jordy, he really doesn't want. He doesn't like guns. Oh, if you don't want it, good. I'll take the Magdalena okay, takes the yeah, other one. <laughs> Magdalena has both. She crosses her wrists and starts <laughs> opening fire. <laughs> I, th- I think Magdalena also, um, as an aside to Caesar, while they're looking in a lull, she just says, "I'm sorry, I asked you to shoot the dog. It wasn't on you. I should have just done it." I panicked out there, Magdalena. I'm, uh, I'm used to being in an office, not out in the field like this. It, it's my fault for shooting the lock. I, I should have looked for something else. I should have looked for another way, but time's ticking, and I, I guess we got to meet those people. Yeah. What's our plan? What are we going to do with the amulet? Are we going to take it to the meeting, or are we just going? Are we going to leave it, hide it somewhere, on the way? I have an idea. Roger, standing there. She's inside the Winnebago. (laughs) He's standing at the open door and he's holding the he's holding the amulet. I have an idea. Roger, why are you holding it? Go with me on this. We stick it in the carcass of the dog. It's the last place they'll think to look. Then we either take the dog with us, or we leave it here and hope for the best. But if we're going to this meeting, the only way we're going to survive is to not have the amulet. I think that's our only leverage. I don't know about leaving it in the dog, though. I can't believe I'm about to say this, Gavin says. But I think I agree with <laughs> Roger Cumstone. Roger Cumstone. <laughs> but we should definitely take the dog with us, because if we leave it here, you know. Right. right, we stick it in the dog, throw the dog in the trunk. If they ask why there's a dead dog in the trunk, I just say, because I'm a bird person. <laughs> we say, get in the trunk. That'll break the ice. <laughs> I'll have a big laugh, and then while they're laughing, we can start shooting. Yeah, we just say the, the dog was uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time, and we didn't want to leave it behind. We just say, no witnesses. Like right. That. They'll never leave think it open-ended. We hid the amulet inside of its carcass. It's our only chance. All right, I'm with you. Roger, you know, he's unconventional, but he has some good ideas once you peel through all the layers of insanity. So I, I agree. Let's put the thing, let's throw it in the trunk, and let's go. Oh, my God. So Roger will lift the dog up and shove the amulet down its throat. Just wrench it in there until it's all the way inside pull his arm out grab something from the van to wipe the blood on <laughs> he grabs the document with all the instructions right. about the yeah, like, how would he know <laughs> uh, 
And the document was so smooth that when it falls on the cuneiform tablet, it oh creates a terrible oh, ritual. No. The thing with all the all the uh, notes, yeah, in the cuneiform. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had him a stack of Wendy's flyers. <laughs> Use these. Yeah, I'll clean his arm off and then just uh, throw the dog in the trunk. Uh, okay. Dog gets tossed in the trunk, and you're gonna head to this meeting. Yeah. I think we should skip the meeting, but skip the meeting or go to the meeting. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. The only leverage we have is hiding the amulet. I mean, the, at least if we go to the meeting and we don't have the amulet on us, they have reason to keep us alive. And we can maybe get more information about who to trust. Because right now we have no idea if we can trust either our actual handler or Eileen Parker. So, and at least know. it's a predetermined time and location. Whereas they're tailing us, they could they could sabotage us at any point in time. They could show up whenever, when we're least expecting. Um, there's going to be some bad dealing here, but at least I it's... mean the tails could have killed us. They could have just killed us if they thought we had the amulet on us and searched the car. You know, so it is our only leverage. Maybe have a a text queued up. Go with me on this. To the cops. Mm-hmm. And if shit goes awry, you hit send, and you let them know we just alerted the cops to where we are. So if you want to kill us, they'll be here in ten minutes. And even though it's going to blow everything up, we can get out of there too. Like, we need some... We need to just set up all these possible ways of saving ourselves. Let's queue up a text to Detective Hannah Gregson, who's the nice one, who's been cooperating with us, that's innocuous, that just says, we think we may have found a lead at this location, and we have the location pre-put in there, Hmm. ready to go. Just give her the look. Just put in the address. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just the address. Yeah, we'd like 911. 911 and the address. And if they cool off and they leave, we can just say false alarm. And if we need backup, we got backup from someone with better than a 20 in firearms. Yeah, Magdalena will cue that up, ready to go as a save text on her phone, and you know, press the button and it's sent. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's a last resort. I think that's yeah, a, yeah. they're about to kill us yes. situation because <laughs> if we expose a Delta Green operation, either you know, or whatever these people are, it could mean death. Right? That's sure. It's all bad. It's all very bad. All very very bad. We should all be armed and ready to kill. All right, so I will. I will take the Beretta if Skid is not going to. Okay, yes. I don't take both. Um, Two points, though. So the amulet is one level, and then our last resort of, like, we will get the local police involved and everyone gets fucked as another leverage. So what are we leveraging, though? Like, leave us alone? What what is the gain? What are we trying to say? (laughs) That's a very good question, Cindy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, get out of here. (laughs) <laughs> we need time to figure out the truth. It's preposterous for them to think we can just be like, "Oh, okay, you're the you're the good guys." It's it's preposterous, uh, preposterous for us to just like go along with that. And they I should mean, give us so time. You should probably take the lead because you know this is Magdalena speaking. You know this woman. You know I don't know apples from oranges about her or anything else with, within Delta Green. So if you think you can get through to her. Our handler is the one that sent us to this van, right? Yeah. Yeah. Carson. And and sounded really weird. Remember, Carson sounded really weird, too. 
Yeah, so he could be compromised, but like, I'm wondering if the van. Do you think the van is making us feel like our handler is Delta Green? Or not? Because that's just the only new information we have. It makes me feel more like he's Delta Green, or at least in this world, but, you know, it's hard to say. Archive they operating. don't know anything about the schism, right, Joe? Like, we don't know any any of that. That wouldn't be common knowledge, right. right? Yeah, I All think right. I made a roll to see if Jordy I, tried if to I roll. would know, and yeah. I, I don't. So, yeah. I mean, I guess the real thing we should ask before we get in is, where do we stand on what should happen to the amulet? Because one group wants to destroy it, that's Carson, and Eileen Parker wants to take it and study it. So if we think... If we think we should figure out where we stand on that, because then we that would point us one direction or the other. Jordy was, I think Jordy probably was leaning heavily towards destroying it. I, like, I think Gavin was too. Yeah. yeah. Magdalena? I think destroy it. I don't think we have a choice. Caesar? I think Caesar is in the middle. And he's trying to determine whether to keep this going to see how much more research he can get into making Haunter like a, a, a thing and the more information he can collect. Because this phone is like diagnosing and recording everything. I don't know if everyone knows this, but it's like a data collection app. Um, so um, he's happy to go either way. I think after shooting the dog and or trying to shoot the dog and failing to do so and being saved by Roger... Um, He's kind of at the the mercy of the group. And uh, Roger. Um, I mean, obviously the amulet is doing evil things, so destroying it would stop the evil. But... If this other group is actually Delta Green then we'd be failing in our mission. Mm, yeah. That's a good point. But why do they need it? Unless they're trying to use it for their own nefarious purposes. But, like, who are we to question that? That's not our job. Our job is to just do the mission. I think if we at least hold on to it, until we get more information, then we can make an educated decision. Okay. I'm going to assume you're going to this meeting. Armed with the amulet stuffed into the esophagus of a dead dog that is in your trunk. Yes. Nice. Do we find any kind of explosive in the, in the Winnebago? Uh, you Grenade. did, actually. You found two grenades. What if we rig a grenade in the, dar- the carcass of the dog as well, and if they try to move on us, we can threaten to destroy the amulet? Uh, I love it. My second thing was to rig the explosives to Gavin. <laughs> and then threaten That's plan to B. Threat- no, that was plan A for me, but I think the other <laughs> thing what if we, to do is blow Gavin up. What if we rig the explosive to the trunk, literally to the trunk, yeah, and we say, if you want it, you know, it's in a dead dog in the trunk... Yeah. Have at it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is that what what we could do is put the grenade like in the dog's mouth, use the twine that tied up the package, and tie it to the trunk so that 
if you just let the trunk fly open, it'll pull the pin and it'll explode. You have to like lift it up very carefully and not too far to be able to get into it. That's I have a forty idea. demolitions. It should Let's also it. it should also be noted because I think sometimes it's the same thing pointing out that the gun would deafen people inside. I think Delta Green even though it deals with all this unreal stuff, deals with weapons very realistically. Fragmentation grenades explode by turning into really sharp shards. They don't cause, like, a fireball. They, they no, probably no, it would destroy the amulet. Right. I don't know that it would do that. Well, they well, would get fucked fo- up. It's a clay amulet. I mean, it's, it's a grenade going off right next to a clay amulet. And, and he it, put it in, in the, the dog's mouth. In the throat. Yeah, he, like, put it in the throat. I feel like it would probably mess it up. Yeah. Roger's yeah. pretty good with explosives. Let's yeah, do it. I'm, I'm with Skid on this one. It it stands to reason that it, the, the frag grenade being within a foot of this thing, you know, it, it is a it's a fragile amulet. Yeah, like it's it's clay. So. Just like okay. the, the chart, like the gunpowder going off to frag this should fragment the grenade would probably be enough to destroy it. Yeah, right. that's yeah, why it's not metal. Grenades it's not metal. Are, that's why okay. they forbid grenades in the Louvre. Because they know, like, if you start throwing them around, it will damage the paintings. Oh, that's why. I thought they didn't want people, like, playing ball, throwing stuff. Skid, you're so mean to your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No dog owner, Joe O'Brien. I'm in a feisty mood today. I apologize. I love it. Spicy Uh, skid. Spicy spicy skid. Spicy. Ooh. Um, I think Jordy's rigging idea is smart too. Like we would be able to open it very safely to then retrieve it if we don't end up doing that plan. But if they just open up the trunk, it will pull the twine and, and pull it. Yeah. Okay. So you do this. You rig this little bomb in your trunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what? If, if all else fails, be like, all right, it's in the trunk. They open it and it just fucking blows up in their face. And then we just open and fire. And then we run because we've blown up our car. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll take up two other agents, steal their car. Uh, if there's a second explosive, I'll hold on to that as well. There is. There was a second yeah. matching Perfect. fragmentation grenade. Basically, so our plan is to basically go in, figure out what they want, who they are, and see if we can get any information that can lead that can prove to us what side we should be on. And if all else fails, Princess Leia thermal detonator and kill them all, or not, or not kill them, but use the detonator to get us out of a sticky situation. <laughs> I like Rogers. What well, you all can't see at home is that Troy is looking in, in, into the camera like, or kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kill them all, Kevin. Okay, uh, you guys are in the car, <laughs> driving to this meet, uh, and you got your plan in place. You got your <laughs> grenaded dog connected to the <laughs> the uh, the trunk. Uh, some of you are armed. Uh, generally speaking, uh, you are, you're ready for a fight. Uh, and I'm going to assume that you're going in there, uh, with, you know, maximum, uh, defense and, and everything, uh, assuming an ambush of some kind. Um, oh, one more quick yes. thing. While we were in the RV, was there, did I notice anything? Smooth that looked out of place that might fit the bill for what the the instructions mentioned. 
No. I mean, okay. nothing that seems particularly suited to that purpose. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel like it's just a mistranslation. That's another yeah, word yeah. for smooth. Like, I wanted to take a crack at it. But... Smooth. Pour it over you wanted some... to take a crack at the ritual? No, no. I wanted to, like, because right now it sounds like you pour it over maybe a Santana CD. I mean, that's the closest <laughs> I can get to what this is why. I don't know. I rifle through the car to see if there's any, like, Santana or, like, smooth jazz. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's just, Easy just Rob Thomas CDs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to say. Um, just to be clear, uh, you don't get the sense that the, just from a basic... Um, What's it called? Uh, crypt- just from basic like cryptography sort of standpoint, um, it doesn't seem like what the person was writing at the top is a translation of what is in that other language. What they're sort of implying is the, the, what's written at the top is instructions, and then you need to say these words, which are that other language oh, below. Oh, yeah, no. But I mean, ju- just if there were... Read, but just the instructions that they're getting from this other language. If there was a mistranslation at some point, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's no instructions in the other language. It's not instructions. It's like a like a key. No, no, no. Trigger, but just wherever right? they got their instructions right. from. But if they over a yeah time of telephone, yeah, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, could they have it wrong? Sure. I mean, I would I would roll over Gavin's occult success to say that you know that this has happened before in like in occult rituals it's like they get passed down and passed down and passed down and then somebody realizes at some point there was a mistranslation of how things were supposed to operate in the ritual right uh, and it can create you know uh anything from an unintended result of the ritual to a null result uh but it rarely ever results in it being successful if there's a mistranslation in right. the instructions but we think that the the actual arcane words written on there are just a phonetic uh just a, the the words that are on the tablet just phonetically written out mm-hmm. okay mm. exactly okay so uh you head to the recycling center <laughs> <sighs> your car comes around a corner and you pull up uh following the directions uh, on your phones and you see a uh, sort of a long path of trees next to the road and then it kind of opens up into a large wide double gated big double gates fan- you know chain link fences again these ones a little more cheaply uh a uh, little more cheap looking no barbed wire like it's pretty defenseless uh and you see that one of the gates is open and it's wide enough to drive a car through uh, just one side of it, and then on the other side of this whole opening, it just the trees continue again, and so this sort of this recycling center seems to so you pull in, and it's behind the trees, or you know, away from the road, and you just see a sign outside that is you know like Glenridge Township uh, Recycling Center, uh, and it has the hours on there, and it's you know it's like six hours a day five days a week kind of thing and it's certainly not right now that it's supposed to be open but the gate is open uh and as you pull in you see that there are cars uh deeper into the lot how many uh there are five cars oh shouldn't have come 
We're endangering the mission. <laughs> you, who's driving? Uh, Caesar has the best driving skills. Yeah. So Caesar's driving. Caesar, you pull in and come around and you see that there are a few uh, lights that are on. Uh, pretty dim, but they're like auxiliary sort of street lights almost inside the recycling center, just so you can see the different. There's big, like, um, you know, like rail car sort of sized uh, uh, dumpsters, basically, uh, a port, you know, spread out all around. There's a huge compost area that just against the, the moonlight, you can see like random, like just trees and soil and all this stuff. Uh, and the ground is just like hard, but also wet with like snow and muck and mud. And as you're driving through, the wheels are just sploshing in the, in the water. Uh, and, you pull up around and in the back between a couple of these big dumpsters, uh, you see that there's two cars parked pretty close together, three cars parked a little bit further away from them. And, uh, the two cars that are close together doors open on both of the cars as you guys come around and that your headlights flash on and you see two women get out of the first car, two men get out of the second car. Keep a distance, Caesar. Don't go too close. And when you pull over, start to turn the car back in the direction that we came. Yeah, Caesar was going to pull the car perpendicularly perpendicularly behind the two cars if they were close enough together, but that might seem threatening in the situation. Mm-hmm. So he's going to put on the high beams, kind of blinding the people as he pulls up. And then he's going to turn the car off to the side. So that it wouldn't require like a three-point turn in order to, um, in order to get, get out of there. Yep. I drew a little map here. Where the X? <laughs> Far from the other cars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so Roger tells you to stop pretty far from the other cars, um, and you stop. Your headlights are flashing at these two women, not flashing, but lighting up these two women who step out of their car. One, Roger, you recognize as Eileen Parker. The other, little taller than Eileen, uh, in a suit, business suit, you don't recognize. The other car, you see the two CDC agents getting out of the car. Let's go. You turn off the car. Does everybody get out? Yeah, but beneath the dashboard, I check to make sure the Beretta is loaded. And then I put it, like, I conceal it in my pocket. Yeah, Magdalena does the same. Steps out. I have my Glock in my back of my pants and a grenade in my pocket. Okay. Is that a grenade in your pocket or are you just happy to see us? Grenade grenade in the the, uh, pocket of my members-only jacket. (laughs) So... Uh, Jordy gets out and he has his, he folds his arms and he keeps one hand on the tablet in his vest pocket. (laughs) All right. You guys all get out and you see the two women start walking towards you and the taller and slightly older looking one turns to the right and looks at the other three cars and just sort of gives like a slight nod and the other three cars doors open on both sides of the other three cars 
and you just see multiple men getting out of the cars that are all big and armed with what look like rifles from a distance. They're not pointing them. They're just getting out and they're strapped around their shoulders. And there's one woman among them and eight men. And they get out of these three cars and they're where you parked. They're pretty far away from the two women, the two CDC men and you guys. And they stand and walk out in front of their cars and they're just holding assault rifles pointed down at the ground. And we'll see you next time. Oh, oh dude. Oh. We're in trouble. Oh, we're we really are. Big trouble. Big, big trouble. Uh, Look at Grad Chris just rubbing his eyes and looking at the floor. What do I do? I just thought I'd have fun making a character that was useless in these situations. <laughs> Reddit. Can I bring Riker back, please? Can Coldy come up back, please? It ended so well for Riker. <laughs> at least he had a hero's death. thanks for listening to the glass cannon network for more podcasts and live streams visit glasscannonnetwork.com and for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else subscribe today at patreon.com slash glass cannon